Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the THS College Counseling Podcast. This episode features Scripps College, which is an all-women's college located about an hour east of Los Angeles in Claremont, California. Scripps is part of the Claremont College's consortium as well. And what's crazy about that is that it fits into a few specialized categories that are unique unto themselves. Now, if you imagine a Venn diagram with three overlapping circles, where one circle is an all-women's college, one is a consortium college, and the other is a highly selective college, Scripps would be at the center of those three overlapping circles. So I think it does warrant a further exploration into at least two of these three circles as they are particularly unique. First, let's look at the consortium model. The Claremont Colleges were inspired by Oxford University in England, which is not quite like the U.S. version of a university. The idea is that all of the Claremont Colleges could exist independently of each other, but pool their resources to maximize the offering to students. As an example, a student could do research at another college's library, have lunch in their cafeteria, and then attend an off-campus class. In fact, some of the Claremont Colleges, like Scripps, even allow students to have what they call an off-campus major, which means that if Scripps doesn't have the major a student is looking for, they could potentially pursue one at another campus. Now, this requires a little more self-advocacy, paper-pushing, and finagling, but for those students with an independent streak and the motivation to actualize that independence, it can work out well. The undergraduate institutions that make up the Claremont Colleges are Pomona, Scripps, Claremont McKenna, Harvey Mudd, and Pitzer. Each of them are highly selective, admitting anywhere from 10 to 30% of their applicants. Now, there are a number of consortiums around the U.S., like the five college consortium of Smith, Mount Holyoke, Amherst, Hampshire, and the University of Massachusetts Amherst, the tri-college consortium outside of Philadelphia, which includes Bryn Mawr, Swarthmore, and Haverford. However, the biggest difference, and it's a huge, gorilla-sized difference between the five college and tri-college consortiums and the Claremont colleges, is proximity, or what we might call the proximity effect. The institutions that are part of the five college consortium, as an example, are spread out across a wide geographic area, requiring either a car or public transportation to get from one campus to another. The Claremont Colleges, in contrast, are all in the same area, and they only require your motivation and legs to get you to another institution to take advantage of their resources. And this is really the only place of its kind in the United States that was intentionally set up this way from the beginning. The second unique feature of Scripps is that it is an all-women's college, but is also significantly colored by the proximity effect. It's one thing to be at Smith, an all-women's college far, far away from its consortium counterparts, and another thing to be at Scripps, which essentially shares a wall with Pitzer, Harvey Mudd, and Claremont McKenna. This is either an asset or a liability, depending on why you are interested in an all-women's college in the first place. And while I don't have the background or time here in this podcast to go into the rich and colorful history of an all-women's college... My broad, overgeneralized, and incomplete understanding is that their origins are somewhat sexist and conservative, in the sense that women weren't seen as capable as men and needed to be educated differently, both in content delivery as well as what kind of content they were given access to, not to mention the attempt at keeping them virtuous and unsullied out of the hands of those corrupting hormonal forces that have led so many young people astray. That has dramatically changed for most of these colleges over the years. 
Now they seem to be more like the crown jewel of the Me Too movement, if you will, where women seek to create a strong and supportive community of other like-minded women working together to advance their causes and making an impact in a world whose rules have almost exclusively been made by men while also privileging those same men who made them. And while Smith and Scripps have some overlap, they are entirely different propositions, as is Barnard, which is located in New York City, or Wesleyan, which is located in Macon, Georgia. So I guess what I'm saying, in my own awkward way, is that each of these institutions is very different depending on the confluence of factors that brought it into being and what has kept it going over the years. And by extension, what may seem appealing to one young woman will not for another. So it goes this entire process. And to say something that's completely not helpful, I guess it's all relative. Scripps College is located in the town of Claremont, California, about one hour to seven hours east of Los Angeles, depending on traffic, about 35 miles as the crow flies. There is also a light rail line that will take you to downtown Los Angeles after about a 15-minute walk from campus if the 35,000 people living in Claremont starts to feel a bit too small. You know, but the reality of this is that all the communities in the greater Los Angeles area, what's well, totaling around 13 million people, tend to blend together, so you never really feel like you're limited by the size of your particular town. With a student population of just over 1,000, you are guaranteed an intimate classroom setting. The average class size is 16 students with a 10 to 1 student to faculty ratio. Keep in mind the combination of all of the colleges brings the undergraduate student population up to around 6,000 students, which is a nice medium-sized school. The campus is beautiful with a neoclassical architectural aesthetic and an orange grove to boot. In fact, students are welcome to pick their own oranges if they want. The vibe is very laid back and even has its own unique take on a student-run coffee house. Each campus actually has one that's made in the image of the personality of that campus. So if you feel like a small school limits you, this is where a consortium can really be a difference maker. The Claremont Colleges boasts 300 plus clubs and organizations, four fitness centers, five swimming pools, seven dining halls, and wait for it, 12 playing fields, not to mention the plethora of off-campus classes students have access to. In terms of the student body, it is pretty typical of an elite private institution and in that the majority of students are white and affluent. That's why when I read in big, bold print, quote, Scripps meets 100% of students' demonstrated financial need, end quote, I am skeptical. Um, although they do publish that only 60% of students receive financial aid, which means a full 40% of students are paying the total cost of attendance, uh, which, let's see, is around $73,756,000 a year. In light of that, the following will make sense. The median family income of a Scripps student is $160,000 a year, with 14% coming from the top 1% of income earners, with only 2% coming from the bottom 20%. The other way to paint this picture, using much less color and much more black and white, is that 64% of Scripps students come from the top 20% of income earners, which means only 36% come from the bottom 80%. So let me say that again. There's a lot of percentages being thrown around here. Only 36% of Scripps students come from the bottom 80% of income earners in the United States. In fact, since 1980, Scripps has lost ground on economic diversity. The bottom 60% used to represent around 30% of the student body, whereas they now represent around 18%. 
And you've heard me say this before, and it is absolutely true here. This is not unique to this one institution. This is a trend for all small, private liberal arts colleges, and it doesn't take away from much of what they have to offer. In terms of cultural diversity, the campus makeup is as follows. 53% white, 16% Asian, 13% Latino, 6% international students, 5% reporting two or more races, 4% black, and 4% unknown. One of the things I love about the variety of the liberal arts that Scripps cultivates and on the surface is found to be at most other institutions is that students do not declare a major until the end of their second year. It is proven over and over again that students coming out of high school do not have the depth of experience to make an informed choice about a future profession. Some universities are starting to follow suit by not allowing students to select a major until their second year or having them choose a cluster area rather than a specific major, thus giving them broad exposure to all disciplines in a cluster before they're forced to make a choice. The biggest hurdle in front of me in my work is to try and support students in choosing a path when most don't really have an idea of the variety of possibilities available to them, much less the depth of experience that would nurture the seeds of wisdom required of making such a choice. And we can't blame them with the insane amount of academic and extracurricular commitments we are foisting on their young shoulders and also the degree to which they have lost any agency in navigating their high school careers. I mean, I just love it when people get frustrated with a kid who can't make a choice about a major when all choices of any consequence have been made for them by someone else, implicitly or explicitly, over the last 12 years of their education. Is it really a choice when a kid is asked to choose between honors U.S. history and AP U.S. history or pre-calculus and applied math? Anywho, back to scripts. Where they distinguish themselves from your garden variety liberal arts education is that all students must complete a three semester long interdisciplinary sequence of courses in the humanities they call core, which is made up of core one, core two, and core three, each representing one of their first three semesters. Every year, a new theme is introduced to core and all of the class offerings use this theme as a launch pad for exploration into specific disciplines. As an example, one year the theme was a question. What makes a community? And then as an example, a mathematics course was called Mathematics in Our Culture. The idea is that with Core 1, it exposes students to new ideas and ways of thinking that then spark new interests. Core 2 is a follow-up opportunity to continue researching those new discoveries and interests, but still within the container of a specific class. Core 3 is an individualized deep dive, a self-directed opportunity that culminates in a self-designed project supported by a faculty member. This is very script-specific and in some ways is almost like a thesis project meant to focus students towards declaring a major. By the end of the third term, students will have had enough exposure to the multitude of disciplines out there in order to make an informed decision about which path to go down or major to choose, which happens at the end of their sophomore year. With over 60 plus majors, it's likely that the student will find the major that honors wherever they end up in this process. In the event that Scripps doesn't offer that major, well, another campus might. And as mentioned previously, students are allowed to have an off-campus major. So you might be thinking to yourself, well, what makes this an all-women's college experience if I'm taking co-educational classes on and off Scripps campus and could even major off-campus with some academic advisor from another school? Why not apply to one of the other colleges? Well, that's a fair question, 
but there are a few things to consider. Your chances of being admitted to one of the other Claremont colleges decreases by about 20%. Being an all-women's college, Scripps doesn't nearly have the same size applicant pool as the others, and so admits at a much higher rate, 33%, which still makes it a highly selective institution. Secondly, residential living is all women, and the campus does feel self-contained. While you will see men hanging around, maybe even using the gym, at the end of the day, they all go home to their own dorms, at least ideally. Thirdly, each college has classes reserved only for their students. That means of your classes, there will be some that are all women. We might call this approach a modified version of an all-women's college. And I don't mean that in the pejorative. For those women who love the idea of an all-women's college but are worried about only ever being around other women, this is a nice compromise. However, don't take it from me. This idea was reiterated to me in a conversation that I had with my student tour guide, Abby Rivera. Um, if you ever do visit schools, definitely talk to the students. I think it's one thing to talk to the administration, but another thing to get kind of a student perspective. Um, you want to find what school you know fits for you. Ask yourself, do I will I thrive in a smaller, big environment? Do I want those one-on-ones with professors? Um, do I want a school that has more sports integrated in them? Um, do I want to live in an urban, suburban, more lifestyle? Um, again, you want to make this kind of ask as many questions you want to make sure that each school that that school is tailored for you and that you know you'll thrive in those settings and that you'll have the resources that you'll need to kind of complete these next four years. Um, so I apply to um, Scripps College and Pitzer College and then I also applied to um, a couple schools in Chicago so I applied to UIC which is just like our kind of state school there um, and then I applied to um, St. Louis University I also applied to some schools out in the East Coast, so I was kind of all over the place. Um, and then for East Coast schools, I also applied to women's college, to a women's college. Um, it was like it? Smith or? It was Smith, not, yes, Smith. Okay. I also applied to Bowdoin. Yeah. Um, I kind of, once I was, I had those conversations with myself, I knew that I needed a small school. I right. wanted that environment. Um, and so a school like Scripps, a school like Smith, a school like, not so much I see, but that was kind of like a safety school that I wanted to put in. Um, I knew that I needed those environments. So that's where I kind of shifted my college search and started kind of honing in on those kinds of schools. Right. Yeah. And so how did you end up deciding on Scripps? Then? On Scripps, yeah. Um, so Scripps actually flew me out um, during my junior year, I believe, as well. And then senior, again, in my senior year. Um, but when they flew me out, I was drawn completely drawn to the students. I fell in love with the community and I think that's one thing that you should also keep in mind. Um, I don't know, the students here were so empowering and you know, so confident in themselves and what they were trying to like talk to me about. Um, I saw student involvement um, in like different leadership capacities which I also admired. Um, and someone who was very like shy in high school, didn't really talk much. I wanted that environment, that kind of comfortable yet kind of pushing in a loving way, you got to take up space in these, in, um, in whatever positions that I'm in. Um, but yeah, it's something that continues to draw me every year. I admire the students here. Um, like I said, um, I'm not only learning from professors and administration, but I'm learning from the students themselves. They're yeah. the ones that challenge me to think in different ways, that kind of unlearn and relearn things that I came into the school not knowing. Um, and yeah. It was definitely hard as an out-of-state student, so this is something else to consider, whether you're, um, you can go 
far away from home. And so I know friends that I have here from who are from California, locals are able to go back home on weekends and that's something that I kind of envy and sometimes wish I had, especially coming from a big family, um, being away from everyone and kind of being on my own out here. Um, so that's been definitely hard and it's not something that, I mean, homesickness will never go away, but you do learn how to better cope with it, I think, during the four years. And it's because of scripts in my community that I found those like coping mechanisms that work for me. Um, classes will always be challenging, not in the sense that I'm competing with other students, which is also something that I think you should take into consideration. Um, I never feel that I'm trying to beat another student for a better grade or trying to, um, you know, make, get ahead of someone else. It's really right. like a competitive, it's really challenging in the sense that we want to learn more, not take away from each other. It's more yeah. of challenging yourself rather yes, than... Yes, than like challenging right. each other, um, which is really great. Um, but again, like when I do need help, there's professors that are there to help me. Um, there's resources that I definitely take advantage of. So I kind of, I was scared about that coming in. Like I remember coming in my first year actually I came in with a whole set of flashcards thinking that I was gonna have to like stay memorizing stuff and like right. um, but it's none of that it's none of that like banking model learning which I really again appreciate um, and some some colleges still I think do have right. that um, but what's really nice about going to Scripps and I think liberal arts interdisciplinary colleges um, I'm reading material that makes me think and question myself and I come into class and my professor just blows my mind and the students blow my mind and I come out with a whole kind of set of eyes and thinking on like the topics that we're discussing um, but it's never like memorize these words you're gonna be tested on them it's more analysis based like what can we take from this how can we challenge it how can we critique it um, how can we apply it to our lives um, which is really great um, I think it's pushed me to kind of be more analytical outside of these colleges and see things in a different way. Um, I know when I go back home to my parents, um, they're always like, why are you always questioning things now? Or why are you, like, oh, you're always calling things out. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I just see it now. Like, it's, it's really incredible kind of just how much college opens your eyes. Yeah. And that's, I think, one of the assumptions that I kind of came in with, especially telling people, oh, I'm applying to a women's college. There was kind of these predisposed biases like oh a woman's college that's so girly why are you going to a woman's college so yes there, there's always and I think there's always going to be people that are questioning that but um, again when I came into this community it was much more than some kind of oh you're going to a girly college just a women's college um, there's an amazing network that comes from being in a, in a woman's college again it's we're not challenging each other, we're here to uplift each other. And when I hear, when I network with other like students from different schools who also go to women's college, there's something that like draws us together. Like, oh, you also went to a women's college. That's amazing, let me help you out. Um, and I've heard that from alum who I've spoke to here at Scripps. Like we definitely are a community after our undergrad and we're there to help each other. Um, I've also just, I feel like I wouldn't have thrived the same if I went to Pitzer or Pomona. Right. Um, while I love their schools and I've taken a bunch of classes, um, this is really the environment where I've seen myself being able to grow and take up space. In terms of the application process, scripts can be found in the Common App. They offer three different rounds of applications, Early Decision 1, Early Decision 2, and Regular Decision. Their application deadline is January 3rd. 
For more information, you can visit their website at www.scripscollege.edu or to learn more about the Claremont College Consortium, you can visit www.claremont.edu.